Happy Friday night, Seth. Hello, happy Friday night. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. Although uh, last time you joined us, I fell asleep. <laughs> I heard, I heard you were sleeping. Yeah, I, 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 uh, one of the advantages of having, and maybe disadvantages of having three hosts of a show, and we did this kind of on purpose, was that on any given night, on any given week, one of us could miss and the show could continue on because we usually invite a guest. And so that night I happened to decide, well, Hector and Andrew are going to be, be on. And I'm sure Hector, knowing that this is his guest, will probably talk most of the time with his guest. So <laughs> I will go to sleep. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. So did you have did you have a good time? Obviously, you're it was a blast. Back. Yep. No, I told Hector right afterwards. I said, anytime you want me to come back, I would love to join you guys. I I, I had a real good time. That's great. That's great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you get to be on with me for now, and we'll see if Hector um, join joins us. Maybe he falls asleep. Maybe he'll fall asleep. <laughs> Maybe he'll fall asleep. Maybe you should call it like Friday Night Live with narcolepsy or something. Yeah, exactly. Friday Night Live with maybe some accountants <laughs> yeah, yeah, <me. laughs> with some accountants if with they happen to stay awake yeah if they if they're awake and so um yeah so this is this is great though so i i, I was we were talking a little bit before that um i hadn't had the pleasure of meeting you um but i did enjoy watching and listening to the to that to the episode that night and so um so i get to hear a little bit about your story and stuff like that which is which is awesome um but yeah why don't you just why don't you just since since the show since the last time you're on, why don't you just give us an update on what you've been up to or how things have been going? On what's happened in the last two weeks? I think it's been yeah. two weeks, <laughs> two three weeks. I think maybe something like that. So yeah. uh, it's been pretty much status quo, just doing what I do. You know, um, anybody who kind of hangs around with me knows pretty well what I'm up to these days. I'm launching my bulletproof bookkeeping course. My 97 and up program is growing. Uh, we added a lot of members recently because I threatened to raise the price and then I did. And that has a way of motivating people to join. I should, maybe I should threaten to double it again. Um, <laughs> kidding, of course. But uh, no. So and that's it's, it's interesting, actually, because I did not expect I wouldn't have I wouldn't have anticipated some of the dynamics that came about as a result of practically doubling the size of the 97 and up program like within a week. Wow. And it's it, it brought on some interesting dynamics, almost all good, actually, um, because what you know, you, I, I, you don't really think about this kind of thing until it happens. But now I have a lot more people, which means I'm getting a lot more suggestions about topics to discuss on the weekly calls that we do. And I already had a schedule set up in Airtable, but it sort of motivated me and excited me to uh, to take that to kind of the next level. So I I built it out the Airtable schedule a little bit more. I embedded it on a post that's in the course that the members have access to, and you know, and so in this way they can see the upcoming uh, scheduled topics. Because before that, I sometimes we didn't have a topic until we started the call, and I'd say, "Who's got a question?" Uh, this makes it so much better, though. Because A, people know what we're going to talk about ahead of time. It helps me because I go into it knowing what I'm going to talk about. I can even, heaven forbid, prepare for something, right? <laughs> and have an idea of what I'm going to do going into it. And then afterwards, it's I'm, I'm much faster about getting the recording up because other times I'd have to kind of listen and play it back. Oh, okay. and it's an hour long to kind of figure what's the main topic here and what's the title. Here we have a core focus topic and title. So I pretty much just slap that title on it, upload it to the website, and boom. So, you know, it's interesting when these things happen, you know, the dynamics that come into play that you just don't really think about. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And uh, 
um, half of what you said sounded sounded uh, you know Italian to me, and then half of it that made sense. Okay, well, so ninety-seven and up for you and those who may not know, that's my program where I mentor other accountants and bookkeepers. Okay, okay, great, great. And so, you know, it's a monthly membership and they have access to uh, course content that's on my website. And then I do two weekly calls with everyone on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And those also go up in their own section, you know, so people can review the recordings afterwards. So that's great. Well, that's, that's really great information. I was, I was telling Seth earlier um, that, you know, I'm still fairly, I would consider myself still fairly new to this ecosystem uh, you know, having kind of entered it in 2015 at my first QuickBooks Connect. And one, one great thing, Seth, that I've, I've found, and you've probably found it this way, and you've probably been a part of this, is, is as I meet people like you and others, how welcoming and open, open people are. And mm-hmm. um, I've made fast friends with many people in this ecosystem. And, and um, uh, there's a guy named Ryan Balf that you may know. And, and I know him very well. Yep. Yeah, we were talking the other day how, like, basically all our friends now are in the accounting profession because because the ecosystem's so open and if you if you want it to be your own your friends and your only friends literally it could take up all your time right yep. if, if that friendship group and and if you don't want it to be you can ignore it and it's okay and nobody judges you for that right but like people are very welcoming and open and i've made deep friendships both here in the u.s as well as in canada across the border mm-hmm. and uh, and around the world just through following the cloud accounting ecosystem and so um, so it's always great to meet new new faces like you. And I know you've been a more of a veteran in the space than me, um, but I think that's awesome. And I think what you contributed, what I've heard you contributed and what you've, what you've given um, for, frankly, for free for, in many ways has been great for people. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Ryan, it's interesting. He reached out to me on Facebook a few years back. Might have even been the same QuickBooks Connect. Um, and then I, you know, I talked to him a little bit and, you know, we kind of hit it off right away. He's a great guy. And then we, you know, I saw him at that QuickBooks connect and I remember it was the night that they have the band play. And I mm. usually don't go to that. It's just not my scene to be hanging out and, you know, and with the live music and all Listen that. To the Google dolls or something like that, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and some of the bands are cool and I love listening to music, but I, I don't really get into it live. You know, I kind of yeah. like, don't know what to do with myself. I'm certainly not going to dance. And, uh, I, uh, and I, like I said, I don't, you know, last time on the show, I talked a lot about getting sober and after I got sober within a few years, uh, a good friend of mine and I went to a nine inch nails concert. Cause I was into that kind of music back in those days. Uh, still, still like it today, but, um, I went to uh, this place called Arrowhead Ponds here in California to see them play. And I just, I, I guess absent the drugs, frankly, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I love <laughs> listening to music, but now music is more something I do like while I'm working, while right. I'm driving, you know, it's just, I'm standing there watching this band play and it's cool. But, you know, if anything, when it comes to live music these days, I prefer to go to like, there's this place in Hollywood near me called the Hotel Cafe. Mm-hmm. And it's more of an intimate cafe setting. You're sitting, you might have a bite to eat and yeah, there's drinking, but they have non-alcoholic beverages too. And, and that's more the kind of scene I like to be in if I'm going to listen to live music. So anyway, the point of that was to say <laughs> that I don't go to see the live bands play at QuickBooks Connect, even if it's somebody that I like. And instead I ran into Ryan that one year and I said, Hey, you want to go grab a bite to eat? And we went into the Fairmont Lounge, and I think he was blown away that I was taking time out like this to spend with him. Yeah. You know, because he could see a lot of people would come up to me and say hello, and he even made a remark about it, like, "I can't believe you're spending all this time with me." And I'm like, "It's all good. I, you know, it's yeah. just, I enjoy conversation yeah. with like-minded people, and that's what that comes down to." And you know, nobody's uh, 
you know, nobody's better than anybody else. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. I, th- I think that's a great ap- approach to have. Um, it's, a, it's a great approach to have. And I think it actually fits well with the, with the topic we're going to talk about tonight about personal and business branding, but in regards to probably the pro- different approaches people take to branding and marketing themselves and marketing their businesses and stuff like that. And, but I think overall, I think the, the group I re- tend to resonate with and probably probably tends to resonate with each other are the group of people who who don't believe they're better than better than anybody who mm-hmm. absolutely believe they can learn something from anybody they meet. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, that even if you've been a veteran in the space or new to the space that you you know, you you that looking down on people or thinking you're above people's above people or, or ahead of people um, in the in your journey uh, actually is limiting to yourself, right? Because it separates it, you. It separates and, you. And yeah. It separates you. And then, and then those same kind of people wonder why they're lonely. Yes, the- exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and then frankly, you might be missing out on an opportunity to meet somebody like to meet a gold mine of wisdom that you never thought of. You, you, you know, to not assume where people are coming from in their walks of life um, and to not assume you can't learn from their background. Right. And so, you know, I, um, you know, I, I, I've had the fortune of meeting people who I, I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about your episode a few weeks ago that you did and n- never having met you, I was thinking to myself, myself that I love uh, redemption stories, mm-hmm. you know, and I love, I love, I love when people come out of um, what they for themselves would be a, 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 a fa- face, a place of ruin mm-hmm. and they come out through redemption and, and so you, you know, you have a redemption story and it motivates you and it drives you and it's part of your identity, but it's not the only thing. It's not the, it's not the thing that, that, that only defines you. Right. And so, um, and the fact that you can freely talk about it and, you know, and not, you know, not have to feel ashamed about it to say, this is who I am. And yep. this is who, this is what my past is. And this is what I learned and I'm moving on and this is how I'm kicking butt now. And that's yep. okay. And I, I wish that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think our society right now is quick to judge when people make mistakes and fall and don't remember that, wait a second, there could, there can be a redemption story from this. And that's, that, 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 that it's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for people to even still embrace people coming out into their redemption story from a huge fall mm-hmm. um, because it's hard for people to forgive or it's hard for people to accept that somebody can change. Um, and so, yeah, you're a great example of of that, that happening. And, um, and I don't get a sense that you think you're perfect still, or that you don't still have challenges or whatever. (laughs) Hardly. I I think the opposite, you know, I look, we all make mistakes every single day Yeah. and we fall on our faces. And I think it's not about whether or not that kind of stuff happens. It will happen. It's about how you handle it when it does, you know, when, uh, when I got sober, one of the first most powerful lessons I started to learn going to meetings and learning from other people who had been sober for a long time was that, you know, life isn't going to be perfect. But what we're taught there is coping skills because we needed coping because before that, the coping skill was getting loaded, right? Mm. I just, if something goes wrong, I'm going to get loaded. If something's going really well, I'm going to get loaded. If, if it starts snowing out, I'm going to get loaded because it didn't matter, right? But that was my coping skill for many years. So when I got sober, I had to learn new coping skills. And another big important piece of it was humility. And I think I might've shared a bit of this last time around, 
Um, so in case I didn't want to bore people, but I'll just quickly recap it. At one point, I reached out to a guy and, and my life was starting to get really good. I was, you know, it was about seven years sober at that time. And, I, you know, I was buying my house. Everything was really good on the outside for sure, but it was good on the inside as well. And I asked this guy, I said, how do I avoid, you know, letting this all go to my head? All, you know, I'm having, I'm starting to experience a lot of success. And, and he, he said to me, he said, remember that the success you're having is not entirely your own. You know, you yeah. get credit for it, but you've also had help, you know, That's and great. never forget that and never forget where you came from, you know. So uh, it's, it's funny. We have a joke around what we call the rooms, meaning Alcoholics Anonymous or Cocaine Anonymous. And, you know, there's a million of these fellowships for every different, you know, problem you might have had. But there's <laughs> there's a rumor or not a rumor, a, a joke that goes around sometimes where we say, you know, you can think you're a big shot around these rooms. But really what that translates to is you're like the cream of the crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the thing it puts it into perspective i it's remember where i come from and so it becomes almost difficult for me to think i'm better than anybody you know i have to remember i was i'm, I'm still far from perfect i was definitely a lot less you know further away from perfect back in those days but uh yeah i'll never forget where i came from and i've learned as a matter of course now over now over 20 years that uh you know, it's it's that keeping that humility in check that is going to keep me together with people, right? Like I was saying before, if I think I'm better than people, I'm separating myself from them. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole key. And and you know, I know you wanted to talk about personal branding a little bit, and I think that has a lot to do with it, actually. I think yeah. what it has to do with, and we've talked about this a lot over the years. I'm sure I've talked about this with Hector, you know, on many occasions, that a personal brand, I think, really comes down to authenticity right if you try to go out there and be somebody you're not it's going to fail yep <laughs> guaranteed you know the way to do this is just be yourself and don't be afraid to expose yourself and be vulnerable that is the most attractive quality a person can have i think you know if you can be honest and authentic willing to admit when you've made mistakes willing to make it right right yeah those are some of the keys i've learned to uh to really finding happiness. You know, I was discussing this with somebody on Facebook the other day that, you know, at the end of the day, if you really want to find happiness, it's not going to be about how much money you're making. It's not going to be about how successful you are in your career, how many people love you or how many people want you to speak at their events. It's going to be about surrounding yourself with people you love and people who love you back. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really great. Hey, Hector. Welcome. Hey, welcome. what's up, guys? It's hey, good. yeah, sorry morning for coming for coming in late. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. To bed. We were yeah. just saying maybe you'll fall asleep this time. <laughs> we're, we might change the name oh, of the oh, show no. to the Accounting Narcoleptics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, oh, no, I, I started this thing. I, I better see this thing through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't leave this show when you're the one who uh, asked me last fall. Can we start talking on Facebook together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So two, th two comments that I was thinking about. Um, one is, is, is I think you're right. A lot of what you said is really resonates. And I think that's, I think, you know, when we think about the topic of branding, I think for a lot of accountants who, you know, not, not, I'm not, you know, not the, there's always exceptions, but I would say the rule for a lot of the accountants that I meet is they aren't, they are naturally not people who accounts are not people who like to put, to put their face forward on things or put or get the attention gleaned on themselves or or their life 
Um, they are, <clears> you know, <throat> yeah, 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 Hector. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> There's always exceptions. There's always exceptions. Right, okay, okay. I said that's what I said. But um, so I think because of that, I think there is a when we we do see and we all know the accountants. The I put the air quotes accountants in our space who really are marketers in, in, by my definition. And, you know, there's a whole argument of everyone's a marketer. It's just depending on how bad or good you are, but um, really marketers who are out there putting their face forward and trying to market accounting. Um, you know, Hector sent a funny one, a funny one today of a, of a marketer, a accounting marketer that had a, a funny meme about QuickBooks and a QuickBooks coming to, to QuickBooks is the, uh, what is it? It's the, the, the wolf be trying to be, look like a grandmother trying to grab, you know, trying to grab, um, I don't even read little red riding hood. Right. Yeah. I saw what you're talking. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, everyone is, a, I've seen these different branding at, you know, branding ads, personal and business of accounting coaches, you know, uh, marketers help me get, let me help you get the perfect clients, all these things. And I think it turns a lot of people off because mm -hmm. It's the opposite of what Seth, I believe what Seth, you were talking about. I think it's the opposite of that. Um, it doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel, maybe it's authentic for them. Maybe they're showing who they really are, but it doesn't feel authentic for the accounting professionals that I meet in this space who most are humble people who aren't flaunting their uh, success, who like you did with Ryan, Seth is willing to just go to the Fairmont and have dinner and skip the Goo Goo Dolls concert or whatever. And take time to get to know somebody new to the space. And a lot of people did that for me. Um, and like when I met people in the accountants council, like none of them made assumptions about me and it helped me not feel intimidated by them and mm -hmm. helped me Hector and get welcomed to, into this, in, into a friendship and to, and even now eventually into this, doing this together. And so I think when I think about that, so like, how do you help? Let's just start with maybe how do, how do, what do you think about in regards to when accountant says, you know, that stuff just turns me off. All that stuff I see on Facebook, on LinkedIn, all the ads I get served, it just turns me off. Personal branding and branding in general is really just a waste of my time. I don't want to do it. What are some of the kind of initial thoughts or comments that come to your mind? All right. So I want to sort of approach this geometrically, if you will. Um, because I think it needs to be approached geometrically. It needs to be hit from several different angles. So angle number one, I used to find myself getting like worked up like I need to convince them otherwise. I talked a little bit about this last time in a different context. I no longer, I've realized that that's not a good use of my time to try and convince somebody to change their mindset about something that their mindset is clearly made up about. If somebody sort of talks to me and says, hey, I'm turned off by all that, I might throw in a few a little bit of my two cents about it, but I'm not going to work as hard as I used to, to try and convince them. I can't. And it's not my job to, you know, if somebody wants to be convinced, they can be convinced, but, or they can convince themselves. I mean, um, my, what I might say to them though, which is now coming at it from one of the other angles is look, it doesn't have to be that way. It just doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, you know, a recent experience I had has me thinking about this a lot. Um, you know, the difference is, I'll tell you what I think is the difference between why somebody's approach in sales or marketing can turn us off versus why versus when and why it might turn us on, right? It turns me off when somebody's pushing me. It turns me on when somebody's leading me. That's the key difference, right? Mm 
A true leader simply leads. They don't need to push. They have true confidence in whatever it is they have to offer, and there's no reason to push. All they have to do is prevent, present you with something, explain the feature, and explain the benefit of that feature, right? Break it down like that, and either somebody needs it and they're interested or they don't. Yes, there are things you can do to help motivate people a little bit more, and there's classy ways to do it, and then there's cheap sales talk, right? And it's that cheap sales talk, which is usually coming from that pushy way of doing it, um, which is a complete turnoff, right? It's just, that's the difference, I think. That's, that's the difference between when it turns us off and when it turns us on, is when we feel like we're being pushed around by somebody or when somebody's trying those tactics that are clearly designed to make us feel like if we don't hire them to do what they're offering to do, then our life is gonna be in ruins, right? We're gonna be a failure if, if I don't subscribe to your program you know, I'm never going to make it, you know, and, and when somebody approaches me with that kind of, I'm sure it works on a lot of people. Obviously it does. There are companies that make millions and millions of dollars employing those tactics, right? But it's not going to work on me. I've been the, around the block too many times, you know, and I see right through and I've studied this stuff, you know, so I recognize it when I see it, you know, I think it catches people who are desperate you know, who are going to cling on to something because they're desperate, they need something. And it's easy to convince those people that without this solution, you're going to fail. And I think the fact that you have to employ those tactics tells me that you don't have a lot of confidence in your product or your service or whatever you're offering. Because if you had real confidence, like I do, frankly, I don't have to push anybody. All I have to do is present and lead and, and basically say, you're talking about 97 and up, when I started that, it was basically, look, I'm going to do this stuff and I outline what this stuff meant and you're welcome to come along for the journey. I'm going to charge you 97 bucks a month to, to come along for the journey and I'll teach you what I'm learning along the way about how to run and build and grow and rebuild an accounting practice. Right. And, and, and then I doubled the price just recently. Right. Um, but the point is I don't push people. Anybody who's signed up will probably tell you. I never pushed anyone. I simply, you know, again, a true leader simply leads. We never push because we don't need to. And that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes or sayings I ever heard, which I think I heard Brad Smith, uh, ex-CEO of Intuit, say it last year or two years ago. And it's not his. And I, I don't, I've been searching it. I can't figure out who's attributed to. But it's this simple and elegant is be the sermon be the sermon. And Michael, you know a lot about sermons, right? So, um, so, you know, a sermon is someone telling you what you're supposed to do, what's right and what's wrong. And, and, and in many ways, and I'm not talking just about a religious sermon, I'm talking about any sermon, right? Any, anyone top down telling you, I have the knowledge, I know the truth, hear me out, otherwise you're going to be lost. But m many times when you are it's not about talking the talk or walking the walk. It's about living a lifestyle that shows the person that whatever you do or whatever you work with or whatever tool you're using works. And that's what you mean by leading. It's not just, it's not just saying this is great and, and having a whole bunch of um, you know, talk around it. It's, hey, look, this is a tool that I use. Let me show you how I use it. Let me prove to you how this is this really does work and people see right through the, the cheap tactics. And I think the, the other part of it is when, 
when you want to when you want to sell something to someone or you want to push a sale, people can tell when you need the money. People can tell when you need to make that sale, when you're trying to hit a number, hit a quota. Somehow, for most salespeople, you can see right through that. But when you don't need it, where you're saying, hey, this is an option, we do sell it, we do offer this, um, you know, take it or leave it, not a big deal, your life is not going to end, and, uh, and you give people alternatives, because that, that's the other thing, it's most salespeople, when they offer you something, there's no alternative, it's, it's their thing or nothing else, but many times, I want to make sure that, that, especially my customers, know that there is an alternative, and, and, and when I'm making a sale, for example, to close a project or a bookkeeping deal or whatever it happens to be. I always say, look, what happens if we do nothing? Let's do some, let's think about some alternatives of not hiring me. This is the route you can go. You can do it on your own. You can research this book, this book, that book. You can watch this video, this video, that video. You can learn. It might take you two years, but that's okay. It took me, it took me a couple of years too. All right. So if it took me a couple of years, you take a couple of years and you can do it. Nothing. I mean, other than heart surgery and rocket science, most of the things that service professionals do, even lawyers, even, uh, even tax accountants that seemingly are above everybody else because they know the code or whatever, they really are not. I mean, they, they just spend uh, a disproportionate amount of time studying that subject matter and they're in a better position to advise you or to get to the answer quicker. But you don't need other people to achieve many, many things. And when the salesperson is that confident and it's in such a high level of self-awareness of this and tells the customer, it's okay if you don't hire me, that's usually a really powerful sales technique. At the same time, it's not just a sales technique, it's a reality. So I think what Seth is saying, it's, it's, it's to the point, hey, just, just lead folks, be the sermon, be the example, People will follow you. And when you have something to offer, the right people will say yes. And, and the people will try to buy it for cheaper and come to you and say, hey, you know, I, I'm not sure about the value. You know, can you give me a discount? And you obviously have to stand your ground and say, hey, I, I don't need to make uh, an incremental sale. Because Seth and I, we know that when we sell videos and sell courses, for example, the incremental cost of adding one more person to the course, it's marginal or borderline zero, right? Whatever it takes us to, to log it in and to register them. So technically we could, you know, sell our courses or whatever for a little bit more just to make that extra sale, make that extra profit. But I think if you are a leader and you're standing your ground and you know your value, you have to, hey, you know, I don't need the sale. You can come with me if you want to or not. And no pushing. And that's been... Uh, just um, just that's just been something that's been very easy for me to, uh, to to execute. Some people call it the takeaway. I know that's a sales technique, but there's two ways of takeaway. There's the fake takeaway, right? When you the, the car salesman takeaway, where they say, oh, you know, we we don't want your business if you don't pay me above this or whatever, which you know is completely false. And then there's a true takeaway where people can see that you're going somewhere else and you're busy and you're gonna do something else and you're okay with not having, you're not forced to take uh, the deal. So I think, especially when it comes to selling yourself and selling your services, you know, there, there's many ways to, to exemplify what Seth is saying about being a leader 
and leading by example. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's right. And, and, and so where, where does the line, you know, for, for folks who, you know, for you guys, I think you guys are obviously started at some point in this journey and, and are at where you at to where you are at today through all the hard work that you've done to get here. Um, where does the, uh, where should somebody start if they're um, starting out new, like let's say they're new to this ecosystem. Um, do you think they should start in the personal branding side or should they start in the business branding side? Or am I really asking a question that's not correct? Right. And, and it's, it's kind of a both and, um, and so, yeah, and I guess maybe it also depends on what you're trying to build. I was just, it was going to be my exact first reply is it depends yeah. on what you're trying to build. It depends on what your goals are, you know, keep in mind the, uh, potential downfall of just personally branding is that you are the brand makes it much harder to sell your company if that's what your goal is. Right. Um, the upside is, you get to be you, you get to build a brand around you, you know, and you, you know, so it's a little easier than creating a, an, a, a brand separate from you, building a company brand that's different from you. Um, you know, but I guess to put it in the extreme form, it's like, do you want to be you or do you want to be Coca-Cola? Right. Coca-Cola. I don't even know who the CEO is right now. Right. Cause that guy's not personally branding himself as, Hey, I'm the CEO of Coca-Cola. Right. But then you look at a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, and uh, he's definitely done an amazing job of personally branding. Most of us follow him to learn, you know, how to get to where he is, so to speak, you know. And I love equating things to my experience in sobriety because it just it fits so well in life. And, you know, another thing that I can pull right out of there that comes up is, you know, when I look at people who I follow, a lot of people ask me, well, who do you follow, Seth? And, you know, I, it, it reminds me of this because the idea is I, I look around at people and one of the first things we're taught is find somebody who has what you want, right? And follow them, learn to do what they do. If you want what somebody has, do what they've done, you'll get it, right? Um, and then I heard another perspective on it, which I really liked, Um which is find somebody who has what they want and follow them, right? And, and, and if, you, if you pay attention, there's a very important and yet very subtle difference, right? But if I'm looking out for people who have what they want as people I admire and look up to and I want to aspire to be like, what I'm talking about is people who are truly content with themselves. They're comfortable in their own skin. They know who they are. They know where they're at in life. And you talk about having the most extreme kind of security with oneself. That's who we're talking about there. Those are the people that have what I want, people who have what they want, you know, and that's what I strive for on a daily basis. You know, one thing, Hector, that you were talking about, um, you know, uh, struck me because another thing we can do, a, a trap we get into is I'm just an accountant. I do what all accountants do. There's nothing special about me. You may, may not ever put it in those words, but that's the kind of mindset that a lot of us tend to live in. And I've been following a lot of Jay Abraham stuff lately. And he talks about how what you really want to do is not do what everybody else is doing. You want to do what nobody else is doing. And in that way, you can differentiate yourself. There's no competition. You're the only source to go to. Of course, in order to do that, you have to be very clear about who you're targeting and what you're doing and who you're doing it for. 
right? And you have to be clear about your unique selling proposition. He uses the example of FedEx. When they started, they had a really powerful and succinct unique selling proposition, which was when you absolutely need to get it there overnight. It was very clear why I'm going to hire FedEx. Nobody else did what they did. And what they did, by the way, was they borrowed a model from our banking system for how the banking system got checks to clear overnight. The Federal Reserve Banking System, they took a model from something totally out of their industry and used it to build something that would compete with the United States Postal Service. And that's powerful. You know, so we all want to think, I, I think we all want to think in terms of how can we come up with our version of that? How can I differentiate myself in that kind of way? Yeah, it's, and that's why I always guide people, you know, if you're at like a networking event and somebody asks you what you do, the kiss of death is saying I'm an accountant. <laughs> they're immediately going to put you in a box and, and think they know who you are and what you do. And they're not going to hear much of anything else you have to say the minute you drop that. You know, you have to come up with something a little bit more specific and descriptive, something that, may, that, that explains what's unique. It's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. And that's where the uniqueness is going to come in. And uh, Seth, I'm writing copious notes here because I want to unpack a couple of things mm -hmm. that you said. So I'm going to follow this one up, uh, the one that you said, which is how, how do you present yourself personally uh, when you're in a BNI meeting in a networking group? And they come to you and say, hey, um, I see your name tag, Hector. What do you do, right? Um, so saying I'm an accountant, it's a great shortcut to only get the attention for people that are interested in talking to an accountant. And you'll be surprised how little of them are out there on earth, okay? So it's not necessarily the kiss of death. It's just probably going to be a huge hunt until someone says, great, I really wanted to speak to an accountant today. <laughs> but but um, what Seth is saying, and let's think of uh, a formula, is what you should do is you should, you should hit three elements when you present yourself. You want to say what you do, how you do it, and who you do it for. And that it's a really important uh, formula. What you do, how you do it, and who you do it for. Now, if the how you do it is too complicated or it's not as interesting, you can switch with that. You can switch how you do it to how the customer transforms under your care. So you not necessarily have to say, I am the cloud accountant that helps a dentist improve their cash flow. Okay, so that's so that formula is saying what I do, who I do it for, and and how I, in this case, the, I set the transformation process, right? Improve their cash flow. But you can also say, I help uh, dentists with struggling cash flow through uh, accounts receivable and insurance receivable planning. Does, does that make sense? Right? So, so I think the three-part formula, if you really want to simplify it, would be, I am this that does this particular thing for this particular group. And, and it is possible that you meet someone that's maybe a mortgage broker, whatever it is, and you miss the opportunity to serve them as, your, as their accountant because you didn't say, hey, I'm a generic accountant that can help everybody. But what you did is you, left, you, let, you leave a lasting impression, a personal brand where that person says, wow, I never heard of a cash flow cloud accountant 
that helps struggling uh, dentists that are struggling with accounts receivable. So unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, because most people don't do that, there's more likely that for all these people to remember what you do. Now, the interesting thing with that is, it sounds like a missed opportunity, not you know shooting with a spray gun and try to get everybody out there by saying, I'm an accountant for all, right? Um, it sounds, it feels like a missed opportunity, but the, 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 the downside to that is when they do find a dentist with struggling cash flow because of receivables, they're gonna say, hey, I met a guy that does that and just that. And, and when they refer you, this other person is not looking at credentials. It's not, I mean, they might search you online. They want to verify that what you're saying is the truth, but they're not so much picky about, about what you do or what you might do. They're really attracted to the fact that you're a master of your craft and you're focused. And that's the one thing that you do and the one thing only. So I wanted to follow that up because I did some extensive work researching sort of the concept of, of, of writing what we, this is called the unique positioning statement. This is actually something that has a name in the marketing world. It's a unique positioning statement. The, the follow-up to that is once you figure out your, your sort of your three-part formula or how you label yourself or how you call yourself, let's say this is the way you, you, you personally brand yourself. You, you also need to figure out what is your clear messaging if the follow-up question is, wow, I happen to be a dentist struggling with cash flow, can you tell me how you do it, right? So the second step to this is to have a clear message of how you do it. So, so you have to have a formula and you have to be focused. You have to say something like, oh, this is what we do. We take the engagement. It takes us about, about 90 days. We revise, you know, step, you know, problem A, problem B, problem C. We set up a plan. And then through this plan, we together solve these problems and open up these bottlenecks. And within 60 or 90 days, the results that we normally see is 20 to 30% increase in your cash flow. So that secondary uh, message, it doesn't have, to exp- doesn't have to give away the story. It doesn't have to give away your internal formula, but, but it has to be very clear for the person to know what is it that I'm buying into. So I just want to follow that up, Seth, because I think that's a really, really important point when it comes to personal branding. Now, what some people do is they say, oh, Hector, or oh, I say, oh, oh, yes, I'm Hector. I work for a company that does X, Y, Z. So you can, you can go that route, but it, it, people find it a little bit more uh, trustworthy or a little bit more impactful if you say that this is what you do, not that you're a part of a team that does this. Now, if you happen to be part of a team that does this, and you're probably attracting a much larger uh, customer because a, a, a larger customer doesn't want to hear that you're the one guy that does it that, that does this. They want to know that you're part of this five-person team that does the whole thing. Then, again, it, it all comes down to who your who your target market is. And okay, so that's one thing, Seth. I wanted to comment, uh, Michael. I don't know if you have any comments on that, but there was one more thing I wanted to unpack. Uh, from what Seth said. No, I, I think I think that's great. I think I've actually gone through that exercise before as well. Um, so I think I think that's really powerful and great what you said. And I and I actually ask people on Facebook to get, to share their to share their um, their uh, three you know formula three part formula for us right on right on the Facebook comments just to see get people to practice while while while, while we're chatting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, I, I agree. 
I lost the connection and came right back for a minute. So I missed the last bit of what you said, Hector. But no, one no thing I, did, one I, thing I, I was just unpacking the, the three-part formula and the clear message to tell people when they ask you, what do you do? Yeah, no, I, I heard most of it. One thing I definitely wanted to mention is, uh, you know, something that you touched on, you know, you talk about the potential missed opportunity, how people might feel there was one. The truth is, and they say this a lot in marketing, if you market to everyone, then you're marketing to no one, right? You, so you, what you might think is a missed opportunity if you're out there being a generalist, nobody's gonna remember that if you just say you're an accountant. But if you talk in specifics and, and just to take what you were describing, Hector, you know, uh, and add one thing to it, it's, you know, you break it down in terms of feature benefit, right? The feature is I analyze, I take a, I, I do a deep analysis of companies' sales data. That's the feature. The benefit is so we can use that information to help you make decisions about the best routes to grow your company. You know, that's feature benefit. The feature is what it is that I do. The benefit is what's, how it's going to improve the customer's life, right? How it's going to make their life better, easier, what have you. You know, that's how we want to break these things down when we're explaining our services to, to people. Feature benefit. You know, I do this and that enables you to have this. That's that's how Jay Abraham breaks it down. It's great. So the second thing I wanted to break down, uh, Seth, uh, thank you for that color commentary, um, is when you you mentioned, I follow people that, that have what they want. And um, I see that from two perspectives. Having what they want means that they achieve their goal, they're comfortable with what they, what they have. That's the example that you made. But the second example is I like to work with people that know where they want to get to, or they, want, they, they know what they want to achieve. But there's many a times that we, we get clients that say, I need an accountant. And you ask them just out of curiosity, I'm an accountant, so I, I think I know, but why do you need an accountant? And they go, uh because having accountants is good. So that's the issue that we have sometimes when we're trying to market ourselves as an accountant, but people have their own pre predeterminations about what an accountant means. So that could confuse the whole engagement because you, you come with one approach and the client has an entirely different expectation. But the other thing is, if they don't know what they want to achieve through hiring an accountant or whatever you want to label yourself, a consultant, a, a, a accounting technician, whatever, if they don't know what they want to achieve, it's going to be even harder for you to have a pleasant engagement because you are going to be adapting to your client's needs that was never defined or understood from the beginning. So I like the side that Seth says, I'm looking for people that, that, that what is it? that People that have what they, have want. What they want. They have what they want, but having what you want also knowing it and being aware of it is the other thing. Like you use Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary Vaynerchuk probably has what he wants. He has a big company, has a big, you know, media setup, but he also knows what he wants and is very clear and intentional. And anybody that follows Gary Vaynerchuk knows that what he wants to do is he wants to buy the jets. And, and he says it, I'm doing this because it'll get me a step closer to buying the Jets. I made this decision because it will get me a step closer to buying the Jets. No, I will not take that customer. I will not take that engagement because it will not get me closer to buying the Jets. So I think that when you, as the 
service provider is very clear about what you're trying to achieve, you know, what your goal in life is or your business goals are as a result of being an accountant, people get really, really attractive, uh, attracted to that. And I know you guys were hitting on the concept of authenticity. You know, some people think that being authentic is saying bad words or being authentic is to the videos from your house or being authentic is to showing your personal life in, uh, in Instagram as part of, you know, uh, as part of your marketing scheme to show everybody that you're a real person or whatever. No, being authentic is having your intentions laid out in the open, having your intentions that people look at the person and say, yeah, I know exactly what this person wants. This person wants my money. Yes, but he wants my money because he's very clear because he solves this problem and because he wants to achieve this personally. There's nothing wrong for you saying, by the way, I want to become rich by having clients like you pay me a, a lot of money to help you achieve your goals, which is going to be a fraction of the value that I create. And people love that. That's true authenticity when you have no qualms with, with telling people that your, your motive is what people expected it, which is to make money. People know that you're here to make money. And then some of these people go out there and say, no, I do it for the passion. I do it for the love, whatever. That's people see right through that. So, so you yourself knowing what you want, being clear about what you want and working with people that are comfortable in their own skin and they know what they want and they know what they want from you. That's the magic formula. So if you can somehow communicate that in your personal branding, you're going to attract the customers that only get you closer and closer and closer to your goals and at the same time your your customers goals and your customers goals might not only be money right i, I know a few accounting professionals a few accountants that want to work for nonprofits that have causes that solve real world problems uh, accountants that want to work for nonprofits that focus on world hunger why because that accountant is also passionate about solving world hunger so when when you start aligning your interests and your clients' interests, and not just your clients, the people that you surround yourself with, if all the interests are aligned because your true intentions are transparent and out into the open, that's the best branding, personal or corporate, you can ever do. And the best thing is, and this is a quote from Cars 3, and I have four kids, so I have a lot of Disney quotes, the truth is always quicker. And that came out from Cars 3. It blew my mind when I heard that. It's like, why did you tell the truth? The truth is always quick, quicker. If you're always telling the truth, yeah, you never have to remember what you said the last time. You never have to remember, yeah. you know, what lie am I catching up with? What scheme am I trying to pull here? The <laughs> truth is always quicker. My yeah. favorite version of one thing you said there, Hector, is, um, and I got this from reading the book, The One Minute Millionaire, is I want to become a millionaire by helping you become a millionaire, Right. And that's the idea. It's, it's that same Zig Ziglar concept of help somebody get everything they want and you'll get everything you want. Right. But I love putting it in that context specifically is, you know, if somebody asks me, what do I want? You know, what do I want out of life? I want to I want to I want to get rich by helping others get rich. Right. I want to know that the reason I got rich was because I made 10 other people rich along the way, you know, or more. So I love that, you know, that concept, that way of kind of summing up what you were talking about. And as far as authenticity goes, I think, you know, just very simply put, it's just not trying to be somebody that you're not, you know, be yourself. Like I see people saying in the chat, do what you say, say what you do, say what you're going to do, you know, and don't try and BS people, 
if you can't do something, if you don't have the experience, be honest and say, you know what? I don't have the experience with that. I'm willing to go learn, right? Or I can help you find somebody who does have the experience you're looking for. My let, biggest- Let me add something to that, Seth. One of the most powerful things I've done with my clients today, and I would say five, six, seven years ago, I used to be very protecting of exposing what I don't know, right? So like when my client asked me a question I don't know, before I thought that it's really, really important and it behooved me to dance around it, right? To say, yeah, that sounds about right. And then dance around it to get to the right answer. That was most of my youth self, not mature enough to man up to, hey, you know, you can just say, you're speaking Chinese to me. I know, I know it's part of the tax code, but it is Chinese to me. However, I uh, you're not, you don't say this with, you know, ver verbatim, but you're going to say I'm responsible enough to accept that I don't know it. I'm responsible enough to say that I don't want to experiment with you. And I'm responsible enough that I'm secure that the value I provide on the other stuff that I know is enough that you are not going to go out there and find another accountant just because I didn't know section 1202 of the tax code. You know, so, so I think a lot of the powerful ways to build trust is to say, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Let, let, let's focus on the stuff that I do know about and I will get back with you and I will tell you what I found from my research. And I'm totally okay with us looking for the one person that's, that, that might help you. And if it comes to that it's best that you transfer the account to that person, I'm, I'm cool with it. And if it's best that we work dually until we solve that particular issue and then go back to status quo, I'm okay with that too. That's the most powerful thing you can do to build trust. Sorry, Seth. Yep. yep. No, and it goes back to humility. It goes back to having the humility to be willing and able to admit that I don't know everything, nor do I want to know everything. Because if I am if I am the all things to all people everything guy, then guess what? You know, I'm really not that useful to any one person. I might be useful in the aggregate. I don't know, superficially to a lot of people. Um, so again, it's, it's, it comes back to that humility. And like you said so well, Hector, it's, you know, it, the best way to earn someone's trust is by being honest with them, right? I love that phrase that the truth is the fastest way. That's, that's really, really great. No, I, I, I agree and resonate with both of you on this. And um, I've tried, I think I've tried to be both um, honest and vulnerable and humble and try to be my try to be myself in all the various forms of my life. And so that's what, you know, in many ways, that's why um, just like you, Seth, you know, sharing about your, your past and um, challenges and struggles you've had before and how you've overcome them. I think for me, just being transparent about um, the things I haven't figured out and the things I feel like I'm working on or trying to figure out and also talking holistically about my life with people. And so I think one, you know, one thing that Hector knows and many people who know, who know me and meet me is, is to, to know me, to truly know me as Michael is to know that I have a deep faith and that, that, it, that the values I, that, um, that have shaped me and have formed me have been, were deeply found in my faith and deeply found in, in my, in my personal walk with Jesus. And so, um, not sharing that or talking about that with people that want to know me or want to get to know me would be disingenuous of me right? It would be disingenuous to not talk about that or share that or not talk about those values and not in a preachy way or a sermon way, but more of a, Hey, this is who I am. And if this is what you want, if this is the kind of 
journey you want to be on, um, a, a journey led with values and um, that doesn't have everything figured out and is accepting and welcoming of all people um, and is open to learning new things. And um, then, then, uh, then that's the journey I'm on. And the, the other is funny because I was thinking about different, you, um, different statements or value propositions. And um, I have this funny story. I was, you know, I live here in Burlington and Burlington's this very progressive Mecca of a town um, here in Vermont. And most, most people know Burlington because, or Vermont, because they've heard of Bernie Sanders um, who's, you know, who's a pretty famous politician, but I, uh, so I moved to town and, uh, I have, I'm in a co-working space and in this office, I'm on this third floor of this office co-working space. And the office next to me is another entrepreneur. And, and so she, she, we got to become fast friends because we both happen to be Asian and the, basically the only Asians in the building because Burlington's not very diverse. And she, this is what she told her friends, um, after she met me. Uh, she would tell her friends, hey, I met this really cool guy. He works right next door to me. And, um, but you know, it's funny. He's great. He's amazing. He's so welcoming and everything. But I think he's a Republican. <laughs> and, and he's the first Asian Republican I've ever met. And I didn't know those existed. And so <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, it's like, well, I'm not that Republican. But like, you know, like, and uh, there's many things I don't agree with. on, on in the Wait, how, how, did, how did you find out she said, she told you this? She told, yeah, she told me this. Yeah, because we come very, we became very, very good friends. And she actually ended up being my first, <laughs> my first assistant um, when her business was in a bit of a, a, um, a slow period. She became my first assistant for Reconciled and helped me grow the business. And, um, and we're very, very close. I mean, she's like a sister to me. I'm like, I'm like a brother to her. And so she said, you know, uh, she's like, I would, she was just funny. It's like, he's so nice and he's so great, but like, he's Republican. It's really weird. And so, um, so like, it's kind of funny. Like, I feel like, I immediately thought of a unique, you know, my three-part statement or my unique statement would be, I I help Democrats uh, figure out that there are Asians who are Republican that are nice. I don't know, like something like that. Like there actually can be people of people who are I, nice. I, it, I think I think that 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 plays to what we're saying too. Yeah. Is that um, you're Republican, Republican or Democrat is yeah. almost a binary choice. So you're gonna yes. be one of the two, especially if you choose to label yourself one. The problem is, generally speaking, is that people will hang on to one label and draw all sorts of conclusions about who you are and what you believe in and, 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 and how you work and, and whether you're trustworthy or not or whatever. People will draw, and I'm not talking about just politics, but any, oh, in any, general, in general yeah. anything else. Like people can look at somebody's color of their skin, they can, they can hear their name uh, or where they're from or you know, anything Anything that allows other people to put a to put a, a a a label on you, and again, you can't control how other people think. But if you allow people to define you based on those la labels, you know you're gonna have a tough time even getting credit. You, know, you could be you could be truthful and you be incredible and you know what you're doing, but some people can't get past that oh, yeah. label. So that's why it's so 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 important to have a personal brand about your values, about what you want, about what you do. So even if a major label like that, and so, some people care about politics, like some people won't do business with their, with, with, when they know someone is from the opposite party and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I think generally speaking, I'm not saying tiptoe around what you are. I, I don't think there's an issue. Just make sure you have a, a personal brand 
big enough and strong enough so that when you find out and you're disappointed that the person loves or hates Trump, whatever, whatever situation might be, that that doesn't trust your, that doesn't change your judgment around about who that person is um, in terms of as a profession. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but politics, I mean, unfortunately, I think 25 years ago, you would have said, Hey, that person's a Democrat or Republican. People don't wouldn't draw any conclusions on right, that. I think right. I think today is just more oh, yeah. complicated. Oh yeah. Um, just p- people tend to draw a lot of conclusions about what your beliefs are based on your party. So, <laughs> so just for the record, as far as you know, like designations and things go, and how, how we place ourselves in society. I, and and since I know she's watching because I see her in the comments, I want to I want to make it known that Marriott Martinez has officially dubbed me a Latina. <laughs> Okay, there you go. You're so Latina. I'm just saying it's, and I've, I've, I've got the blessing from the Martinez family. Oh, if I wouldn't, if I would have known you were a Latina, I yeah. think I would have hit on you earlier, man. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> hey, there's still time. It's early. Well, why don't we, um, and you know, we get we come to the closing hour. Why don't we, why don't we close our time? And we don't have to close it quick, but close our time with what are the what are the model people that you you guys follow that you feel like are doing personal branding well or doing personal branding well who do you feel like is like look you're these are the guys you're following these are the guys that you want what they have or they they have what you want or whatever we however we said it and then, <laughs> and then who are the companies that you feel like are are modeling that well that you're following as well if if any i would love to, love well, to I, I, i'll start by saying seth yeah. david is a person that i've always looked up to in terms of personal branding uh for a couple of reasons Seth is very confident about who he is and what he believes in and what he doesn't believe in. He doesn't, he's never BSed around. Um, you know, he, you could tell he thinks deeply and hard about mm. the products that he talks about and, and endorses. And I know he gets paid by some of these companies to create videos on their behalf and create training materials. But I know, and I believe because I follow him and I follow his journey, I know for a fact that he checked it, he, he worked with it, that sort of thing. And so you, you would have to go back and this not to toot your horn as, as, as my guest, Seth, but it's the reality is if you go back and look at eight years worth of content you've created, I think there's enough there for me to just say, yeah, I, I definitely can, can trust this person. And uh, so obviously content creation that is consistent, always consistent um, is a, uh, it's 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 a big one um seth uh talked about gary vaynerchuk you know i'm a little bit fatigued about the amount of stuff that he puts out there and um and i was a little bit fatigued at the beginning with all the cursing it almost felt like he was doing it uh on purpose but then after a while you realize that the guy just said you know what i i I prefer not to watch my cursing because that way i can just speak freely and i have to worry about what I'm saying and how I say it. So I no longer believe that um, that that, uh, that Gary Vaynerchuk does the cursing as a as a as a show. I thought it was a show at first. I think well, no, he he's talked about that too. By the way, he's he's it just makes it easier about- for him. It just makes it easier for him, correct? Well, in the beginning of his career, and when he started blowing up in his own profile, he had PR people telling him to tone it down, and he considered it. And then he turned around and said, "No, f that." 
you know, this is who I am. I'm not going to filter myself. And, and basically that was his way of remaining authentic. He wasn't going to filter himself just to make the PR people happy. You know, he said his attitude was, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to be me. This is how I talk. This is who I am. I've always been like this, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, and I respect that a lot. That's great. Yeah. But so, so, you. I, yeah. I can say somebody else, somebody yeah, else yeah, that yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to interrupt that just, but just, I, I don't, I don't want to just talk about the guests on my show, but uh, <laughs> on our show, but uh, you know, so, someone that I've always liked uh, just because, just because he's never afraid to be bold is uh, Ron Baker. You know, it's one of my, one of my favorite uh, speakers and I follow him and I follow his work because even though from many aspects, I don't believe some of the same stuff that he believes in, especially when it comes to politics and stuff like that. Um, I've, I could tell that when he thinks about something business related, he's always trying to swim against the current, even when it's nonsensical to do so. But part of his brand is to make you think differently, even if, if it's in a nonsensical way. You know, like the way, the way he approaches, the way he says things, it just really hits me hard because I, I think, you know what, that's, there's so much nonsense there that it's starting to make sense. And, and when you start shaping up, you know, what's, what's, what are the things that are uh, 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 successful in, in business and marketing? It's when you do what, and Seth said it, when you do what other people are not doing, so for example, if you come up with a business idea and you come to someone and say, hey, I have this idea and you tell all your friends and family, everybody says, great. That's the reason they say great is because it sounded familiar and it sounded comfortable. And so it's probably a bad idea. But when they go and say, oh, that's stupid. That's stupid because these people are doing the opposite. That's when you know you got a great idea because mm -hmm. whatever sounds dumb to most people it's the stuff that's the obscure, the rare, and the stuff that really ends up, uh, you know, standing out. So someone that I love um, in this area, his name is Rory Sutherland. He's uh, one of the VPs of Ogilvy UK. Every time he speaks, and I said, I don't know if you ever follow any of his work. Uh, he's Never a heard of him. Oh my God, he'll blow your mind, man. I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you addicted to Rory Sutherland. So when he talks, he's always talking about the nonsense in marketing that your visceral reaction is this is not going to work. And then the results on how successful it was. For one example is uh, the Red Bull, right? So whoever came up with the Red Bull says, said, we're going to compete with Coke and we're going to do it this way. We're going to make the, we're going to make the can half the size. We're going to make it triple the price and we're going to make it taste like shit. That's why he says, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says so when you actually take a look at the success of red bull you say you know what some of the stuff that doesn't make sense that people do because they have a gut feeling that going against the status quo it's probably going to render better results than not those are the type of people that i like to follow so and gary vaynerchuk is obviously one of them too because it follows that example for sure that's great hector seth how about you so my heroes right now are in, in the marketing world mainly because that's where I'm heavily focused in terms of my own growth. Right. I, you know, I've uh, obviously I always have more to learn in every area. I certainly haven't learned everything there is to learn about accounting, but I feel like I've mastered that enough and I've sort of mastered my craft in such a way that now it's time to learn how to 
market it. And not that I, you know, I know a lot of people think of me as somebody who knows a thing or two about marketing, especially for accountants. But the truth is, I'm very aware that my reach could go much further than mm. it does. Right. And that's where I'm focused. And so my sort of and, and so to answer your question initially, Michael, it it varies from time to time. Like these days, I don't follow Gary Vaynerchuk as closely as I have in the past. There was a time when I used to just watch his videos. Like I would spend an hour watching Gary Vaynerchuk videos. <laughs> I don't do that right now. He doesn't he doesn't represent the area that I'm trying to learn and develop in right now. Um, there are some women in marketing that I definitely follow. Kim Garst is one. I love her stuff. Uh, Mari Smith is another one who these are these are big social media marketing personalities. Um, and there are also I, I keep mentioning Jay Abraham. He's like my hero right now. I, and I, I think I may have shared a bit of this last time. I, I went to a conference years ago that he was one of the main speakers in. It was called Mega Marketing Magic. And that's when I first heard of him and you know got to meet him briefly. Um, and for years, I'd follow him. And then somewhere he somehow he kind of faded into the background for me. And then he just came back because I got an email from Ray Edwards, who's another guy who I follow these days. I, you know, there's certain people I get a lot of emails that people send every week or whatever, just like I send an email every week. That's why I send an email every week, because I follow these marketers and I watch what they do and they do it weekly, not monthly. And they're not pretty emails with banners and images everywhere. They're plain text emails because it gives you more of a feeling of getting an email from a friend. So it doesn't feel like a marketing email. It feels like a personal email. And that makes me want to read them. Uh, Chris Brogan, another big one. I had the good fortune of being mentored by him for a while last year. And I love Chris. His first book that he was famous for was called Trust Agents. It was one of the first books about social media and business. Um, so these are some of the people who I look up to and follow now. And then um, most specifically uh, who I'm learning from in terms of really learning about the marketing itself that I'm trying to do, that I'm about to launch for the Bulletproof Bookkeeping course, and also for the next few courses that I'm going to be doing, I'm learning about traffic and funnels. And who I'm learning about that from is Mike Dillard. You can write these names down and Google these people if you've never heard of them. Uh, as a result of Mike Dillard, I got turned on to Russell Brunson, who created ClickFunnels.com, which is the software for building funnels that I'm now starting to use and learn. Um, so there's those two guys. And Russell's written some books. He's got Expert Secrets. I know a lot of people have read. There's .com Secrets and there's Traffic Secrets. Um, you know, so all these are the people right now who I'm following closely because I believe they do have what they want. And I want to be clear that that doesn't necessarily have to represent just the material things. I'm, when I talk, when I describe somebody as being somebody who has what they want, I said it earlier. I want to stress it again because I think this is important. I, I look at somebody like if you look at Jay Abraham and you watch one of his videos, you get a very strong sense of somebody with poise of somebody who is truly comfortable in his own skin, of somebody who has nothing to prove to anyone because he's got the confidence. He knows who he is. He knows what he's got. He knows what he wants. He knows where he's going. It's like his, his foundation is unshakable. That's what I mean when I describe somebody as being somebody who has what they want. And that's what I sort of aspire to. So anyway, those are some of the people um, you know, who I, who I follow closely, who I really look up to right now. And of course it goes without saying Hector Garcia. <laughs> That's great. There's some, there's some bro love here going back and forth on this, on this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll close out. I'll close out our time with um, with uh, with sharing on. There's two two guys that I, I think I'm learning a lot from, um, just from afar. Um, uh, Jason Blummer is a guy that I, I've I've just watching what he's building with Thrival and both his own personal brand as Jason Blummer and then Thrival as a brand and as a network um, and the kind of the the deep loyalty and following it has from the people that are involved with it, I think is pretty impressive. And so I'm learning a lot about that and he's not afraid to be his, his himself um, in, in what he's doing. Um, and I know Jason so, um, because I'm a part of Thrival. So that's, 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 I think um, I'm learning a lot from, from being a part of it. Um, and the one I'm, I've not really gone to know and I'm kind of learning from afar is Darren Root. I actually, I actually make sure if I'm at a conference and he's speaking, I make sure to go see him speak. And I think, I don't know what it is about him. It's the way he carries himself. It's his delivery. It's what he's built that I find to be very impressive and also very holistic. Um, and, and so um, I've, I've, I've wanted to kind of learn, I'm trying to learn on what, what does it take? Um, what can I learn about presenting, carrying myself um, and, and being that kind of, of leader that I, I feel like I perceive he is to the community that he's leading. I mean, he's leading a generation and transforming a generation of firms that I'm way removed from. <laughs> I have zero connection with, but I'd love to have that kind of impact in the generation of firms that I'm involved with. Um, and you know, the, the cloud accounting firms that I'm involved with. Um, and I've been slowly trying to, over the past year, have, I've been informally doing um, coaching and mentoring of other firm owners um, that have asked me to. Um, and now I'm trying to formalize that over the next year as um, my profile continues to grow with Reconciled and what Reconciled's done. Um, so I'm learning a lot about that that right now from those two guys. And I'm learning a lot from you guys um, just just being involved with this and um, do, doing this. So I think I think this this is great. But, but anyways, any any final words before we chime off for the evening? I want to give a shout out to some of our friends who are watching in the audience. First of all, some of my other heroes right here in the audience, Mariette Martinez, Veronica Wasek. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, lots of people that I have a lot of love and respect for right here in our audience posting in the, uh, in the comments here. So definitely want to give a shout out to uh, all of you guys. You guys are, you guys are all my heroes. You know, I love, like you were saying earlier, Michael, we have an amazing community of people. We truly do. It's like no other industry uh, in terms of how open armed people are in this industry. You come to an event like QuickBooks Connect and you meet people in person for the first time that you've seen online. Mm -hmm. And very few people are arrogant. Everybody's very humble and open and willing to just let you in, you know, and share generously. So, uh, that's what I, that's, that's, that's probably the best final word I can give. I think everybody who's watching with us here uh, can definitely be included among the people who are doing amazing jobs of branding themselves and making sure that we know who they are in a way that is truly authentic. And I think that's been the bottom line of tonight's conversation. Seth, Seth thank you very much for coming on. We should yeah. start a podcast where we just talk about each other the whole time. Yeah, that's we right. Should... We'll just, we can call it, we can call it blowing smoke. Right, right. The, the mutual admiration society, we can call it. We're Literally and figuratively, too. building smoke. Well, exactly. All right. Thank you for coming on again, Seth. Uh, yeah. Great, uh, great guest. Michael, thank you for starting it, even though I started late. It's great to talk to 
You guys uh, have a great night, everybody. Have a great night, guys. Have a great night. Thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime you want. <laughs> Bye.